Previously on Sex Party. Who the fuck is telling all of us to not like these things or not feel this way? Yeah, I'm kinky, I go to sex parties. And then you have a threesome that way. I live by my Google Calendar. My Google Calendar. Swinging or non-monogamy. Where does someone start with non-monogamy? And now, the conclusion. Hi, I'm Amanda Pashuko. This is She Love. Hello, it's Davida. I'm Gina Lovato. Hey, it's Anna Dunn. I'm Caitlin Beer. This is Melissa Novak. It's Sean Jacobson. Hey, it's Bethany Nicole, and welcome to Sex Party. And welcome to Sex Party. Welcome to Sex Party. Welcome to Sex Party. Welcome to Sex Party. <laughs> sex Party with your host, Dustin Ripka. Hello and welcome to Sex Party. I'm your host, Dustin Ribka. This is episode 12. This is the conclusion of my interview of a two-part series with Cammie and Nikki from the Double Teamed podcast. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, which was episode 11, go back and listen to that first um, or else this is, it's still going to be fun, but, uh, you're not going to get the whole picture and I want you to have the whole picture always. Um, this one is a little wilder. Uh, we talk about, uh, knife play. We talk about impact play, uh, pet play, uh, Nikki and Cammy take us inside of a real sex party, what that's like. Um, we compare a sex party with an orgy. There's some discussion about gummy bears and chocolate covered peanuts. Um, I think you guys are going to love it. Uh, check out my conversation part two with Nikki and Cammie. This week's conversation. So there are definitely lots of resources out there. And I think it's like important for people to start with like books and podcasts, just like familiarize yourself with non-monogamy and kind of grow to understand it before you really dive into it. Um, I think a lot of us, you know, especially that started this years ago, um, you know, probably started first and then found all the sources. So I think now that there are more sources out there, it's good for people to start with those first and then start applying it to their lives. Um, For books, there's, the Ethical Slut is a classic. Um, Polysecure is a really good one. Stepping Off the Relationship Escalator. Um, trying to think of, uh, there's a essay. It's pretty short. It's called The Most Skipped Steps When Opening Up. Um, that one I really like as well. Those are just a couple um, of a ton of really good ones out there. If you put books about, you know, if you Google books about non-monogamy and polyamory, like a ton will come up. Um, but obviously like the ethical slot is like, you know, the Holy Grail where probably most of us started. Sex at Dawn is also really good. That one's more about like, you know, sexuality and just questioning monogamy in general. Um, but that's one that I really liked. Um, as far as podcasts go, obviously there's ours, Double Team Podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> but some other really good ones, there's um, Multi Amory. That one's been around for years. I didn't know about that one until very recently. Um, or well, maybe about a year ago I learned about that one. They've got a shit ton of episodes, so it's kind of hard to, I mean, it really depends on what you're looking for, but um, they've got a lot of really good information on there. Um, We interviewed a girl who had a podcast called Poly Pages. They talk about like books and academia in um, polyamory. There's a bunch of swinging podcasts. Um, 
what is it? There's front porch swingers, um, swinging down under, and there's just, there's a ton. So like, I would say, you know, go to Google search engine, whatever, um, look up books and podcasts about polyamory. You can also hop on like Instagram and TikTok and find some influencers in the space. Right. Um, so there's polyphilia blog, poly pages, pursuit, pursuit of poly. poly. Yep. Um, <laughs> God, there's so many. There's just so many. Yeah. But yeah, and we follow a lot of them. So if you, if go, you go to, to our page and yeah. you go to the, who we follow, you'll see a lot of the poly right. pages. Um, I would also say, I mean, if you're if you're gonna hop on the apps and you're looking for, um, you know, being open or non-monogamy, just you know, put it on your bio what you're looking for. You really got to be transparent on there. If you're looking for like new apps, you can always try like Field, F-E-E-L-D. That one's for like kinksters and non-monogamists, um, you know, and they're, you know, the app itself kind of lags. It's not the best, but right. I mean, that's where people go, and, you know, there's a little bit more intent and openness as to what they're searching for. Um, sure. There's also like Fet Life. Um, that's more kinky. Yeah. yeah. But you can also join, like, there's Facebook groups. Um, Reddit groups. There's Reddit groups where you can find, like, local non-monogamous or local poly groups in your area. So there's actually, like, a ton of resources out there. You just, you really have to look for it. Right. Um, you know, for anyone starting out, I would say kind of do that self-work a little bit. Why do you want to do this? What are you hoping to accomplish? What are you hoping to explore? What are your values? What are your values? Relationship? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. what values are you looking for in other people? Um, and then, yeah, take to the books, take to the podcast, get on the dating apps. You know, if you're out and about, um, I always say just make sure, you know, have an open conversation, but also, you know, vet properly. Right. Read the room. Um, right. <laughs> Very important. important. Yeah. 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 Really. Yeah. Take the, take the time to, you know, especially, understand it. yeah, to understand it, especially, you know, as a new person wanting to try it out, you never like, don't get too eager right away. Right. Um, like right. everyone makes that mistake, slow down, make sure you, you understand it all. Um, and then if you, especially if you're entering it as a couple, if the both of you are going into some form of non-monogamy together, start slow, start really yeah. talking slow. For sure. Um, get it okay. tested frequently yeah yeah that's right? always good yeah like have um, a have a quarterly plan or something i think that's important <laughs> so let's let's get a little crazier with all of this all of this stuff this is a two-part episode after all mm -hmm. so um i'm wondering if you each can give me like some some of the crazier moments in your non-monogamous lives um li lives 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 um, stuff that you've been like, man, I'm really glad that I am practicing non-monogamy, uh, because this is awesome. Hmm. I have to think on it. Um, I've obviously had a lot of moments where I've just been happy, obviously with the choices that I've made. Um, I don't know, man, I'd have to think on that. Like, obviously currently I have, um, uh, I have different partners at any given moment. Um, and don't get me wrong, it has its ups and downs like in anything, you know. I bet. I always see, you know, monogamy is hard. Non-monogamy is hard. Being single is hard. 
like you really got to choose which one you like the most, um, but it's still going to be hard. Um, probably a really shining moment for me was um, one time I went to a sex party with uh, my husband, his girlfriend, um, my girlfriend was there, and then like half the people at that party I'd already hooked up with. Uh, it was a really fun night. Like, just a phenomenal experience. Everyone was having fun, but all together. Like, I remember my husband and I were having sex right next to, like, my girlfriend and some dude that she was with. Um, And then his girlfriend was, like, watching. So (laughs) that was just, like, a really fun night because it was just, like, a mix of people that are in my life. And we're all just enjoying time together and having fun and being really open and free with each other. Um, That's probably a, a really fun memory for me. Right. Cammy, you're up. Um, well, I mean, I, I, <laughs> that's hard to answer for me since I'm not really like practicing non-monogamy so much. Um, right. I would say definitely like, you know, I started attending sex parties um, this past year as I, you know, ventured in more into kink and yeah the non-monogamy world and you know that that opened my eyes to so much but also I just felt very grateful um to be able to you know see people open up in that way you know sex parties are fun um you know everybody's not everybody but you know a lot of people are hooking up or maybe they're just watching other people or you know there's a performance going on and um I just felt very like happy to be there like I'm really glad I allow myself, um, you know, the chance to experience one of these. Like I'm not closing myself off to it Um, because I like I like being a voyeur. I love watching. So it's always fun, you know, getting the live play by play rather than, you know, just like watching porn or something. So, right. It's crazy, crazy moments for sure. Well, that tees us up perfectly for the next uh, piece of this episode. So take us inside a sex party on sex party. Uh, take us inside a sex party. How do you get invited? Who throws them? What is, uh, is there food? What's it? What's it? I have no idea. What's it like? How often do you go? Uh, you know, um, I, I, I've been to something that people would call a sex party, but it was not a sex party. So no, I've never been to. You got to make the distinction. So there's threesomes, foursomes, five sums, six to yeah. twenty orgy, twenty one plus. That's a sex party, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, because there's definitely a difference between an orgy and a sex party. Um, those look completely different. Um, well, what, what's the difference? Because so, an orgy is usually like everyone's hooking up together. It's more like cohesive. Um, it's like a Roman orgy. You yeah, know? yeah. Whereas anything like, goes, I, kind of thing. Yeah, at a sex party, it's usually like it's a it's a party, and people are off doing their own things if they choose to. Um, and so, like, sex is happening, but it's not a requirement. I feel like mm. at an orgy, like you know, <laughs> if if there's ten people having sex and you're just sitting there watching, like it's going to be a little different, you know? Um, so can you help us out here? What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we've been to a variety. So like house parties that are sex parties. Um, so that I like, I met a couple on Tinder who hosts these really phenomenal sex parties. Um, so I 
went out to dinner with them, got to know them. And then, you know, they've been inviting me to their parties ever since. Cami's been to them too. We're really good friends with them. Um, there are also clubs that host sex parties. So, um, you know, depending on where you live, you, you know, bigger cities have quite a few of them usually, but, um, yeah. you know, you can also find them in smaller cities as well. But, uh, yeah, so clubs and they'll host events at whatever frequency they host them at. And it's just like, like I said, a normal party, but when you go, sex is um, available, can happen, doesn't have to happen. You can you can go to watch, but yeah. Some of them have yeah. food, not all of them. I petition that there's more food. Uh, there's usually, there's always drinks, but like there's not a lot of food. I remember <laughs> we went to one, um, <clears throat> we went to one here in LA and I loved it because they had this tiny little snack bar that had these like chocolate covered pretzels and like, um, <laughs> like, yeah, chocolate covered peanuts and things like that, or cashews and almonds. And I was like beside myself. Oh, little like gummy bears. I was beside myself because I was so happy there was food. There was also a weed station right next to it too. Mm. Like if you wanted a little vape pen, um, yeah. that was, yeah, that was right next to it. But I mean, yeah, usually like if you're going to like one of the club ones, Usually you do, um, like apply. Yeah. Let's say you find one in your area. Um, normally if it's hosted by a club, you have to apply sometime before. And then when the, when you get accepted, then they'll, um, you know, whenever they have tickets for their upcoming party, you'll get like the email or something like that. I mean, usually when you, like when you walk into a sex party, um, Everybody's wearing like an array, like an array of outfits. You know, some women are just wearing lingerie. Some of them are wearing dresses. The men are usually like in suits. Sometimes um, there are themes, so it just depends on like if yeah. there's a theme. So sometimes, yeah, there might be a theme. Maybe everyone's wearing like nice pajamas or something like that. There's usually like a gathering area where like people can just like mingle and talk and have fun, and then like you know there are separate rooms where people can go into if they want to have like fun. Yeah, there's usually a DJ, there's usually, yeah. like, performers of a sort. So, you know, usually they have performers, like, maybe walking around or interacting with each other as a performance, things like that. Um, so usually, I mean, I like it. It's a very dynamic environment, I would say. Very open. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, I especially like it, like, when the venues have, like, a pool or an outside area, you know, yeah. to go lounge by. And then usually people are talking and mingling or, you know, maybe everyone's gathered around like a St. Andrew's cross watching someone get flogged. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, things like that. I would say it's it's usually pretty and people are pretty open and it's fun. Um, having like good discussions. So that's always fun. Sometimes they're maybe talking about, you know, like their careers or maybe they're talking about, um, you know, how long they've been a sub for or something like that. Right. So people are, are being whipped and, and everyone's like making out with each other and Cammy's eating gummy bears. It's basically what we got out of that. (laughs) (laughs) And chocolate covered peanuts. Oh my God. Making out, but I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah. The, the, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say you have the exhibitionists and then you have the voyeurs so some people are playing some people are watching right yeah yeah um the one i went to was was at a club it was billed as like a sex party there was like no fucking vetting no one fucking you know had to be you know on the list none of that it was like a cover 
um, is in some like dusty, like warehousey club, and the place like I think, I think there was like two girls that like got it on in front of everybody or something, right in the basement or something, and then the place got fucking raided, like FBI like raided like everybody like when we ran from it. Yeah, I was like, I don't know, I was like what? twenty or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that was in Ohio. So I'm sure they're like, well, God, goddamn sex party in my town or whatever. Right. Um, well, okay. And then have you guys, have you guys gone to an orgy before? Have you been to an orgy before? I have. Yeah. It was for Christmas Eve, actually. It was a Christmas Eve orgy. Um, yeah, they're fun. I remember we um it was actually a pretty small group it was like maybe 10 of us uh we started off with like just mingling and stuff there was sexy jenga and then after that it just kind of went from there um but yeah i i it was also a really fun experience sorry to hear that yours got raided i think a really, <laughs> key, thing, a really key thing is is vetting the place right. that's hosting the sex party and vetting the you know whether yeah. it's like a house party or a club like do some vetting see if they have a website you can probably go on like reddit and see like and type in you know whatever your city is like the name of the club and just be like has anyone gone and what's your experience been like right chances are someone's been to it and they can tell you all about it sure so i really highly recommend that to people um but yeah orgies orgies are also equally fun i think i prefer sex parties just because i like to have a little bit more freedom to just like walk around and do whatever. And, and I like when there's like just more variety. Yeah. Because an orgy just sounds like it's sort of, I mean, it feels like it's something you see in porn a lot. Right. Or like, um, it's not a gang bang. That's totally a different fucking yeah. thing. So, but <laughs> it's like the same sort of dynamic. I would think it's like crowd mentality sort of, sort of fucking thing. There's not many gummy bears at a fucking, uh, orgy. So I mean, there's food. Yeah. The one I went to actually had a girl. <laughs> yeah. They had a lot of snacks. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just, you know, you want to make sure you go to a place with a good environment. Um, right. you know, lots of fun, but I, I do like places that vet, um, because I think, you know, then they can understand like the crowd coming in. Um, and I think that's really important if you're going to be mixing sex and alcohol and a party. Yeah. I mean, in my experience, it was like, you know, something I was in college in my little hometown or whatever. I've been to some things here in Chicago that I kind of got the vibe. There's other things going on or I saw with my own two eyes, like just hammered or something like, oh, okay, cool. Like whatever that like, I've been to, but I've never like, uh, set up something or participated in something that was like professionally done. No Google calendars were involved in anything that I've ever been to. Um, just to bring that fucking joke back again. Um, okay. So some of the other things you guys talk about on the show, on your show, double teamed that are in your life, your sex lives, like impact play. Can we talk about impact play? Cause I feel like that's sort of, I don't want to say it's new, right? But I feel like now it's starting to gain traction in the mainstream a little bit. So you want to talk about that uh, and you talk about some of your personal experience? Yeah. So basically, um, it's like a kink. Um, so impact play is basically like hitting and that can look like, you know, spanking or flogging or, you know, if you're using like a riding crop. Um, so some people like that. Some people enjoy it. So they choose to like partake in it. Um, I think we both have experience with impact play. 
Uh, I personally really like it. Um, it's definitely something that you want to discuss beforehand with someone like, Hey, I like to be, you know, hit in whatever way. So whether that's like slapped across the face or like hit with a flogger on your ass or whatever that looks like, it's good to discuss it beforehand with your partner. Um, tell them, you know, what form of impact play you're interested in. Um, if you have any of the tools like readily available for it, like a flogger or a whip or, um, a paddle, those kind of things, um, you know, kind of get familiar with them, understand how to use them, those things. And then, yeah, have the discussion of what you want it to look like. And then when you're having sex or when you're like playing with these things, um, you know, have fun, be safe with it. Uh, like I said, it's really important to understand like how to use these things because, I've been to parties before where people are like, well, I've never used a flogger. And I'm like, okay, well here, let me show you how. Um, and I definitely always love the opportunity to be able to show someone like what that looks like. Um, you know, cause I definitely remember the first time I ever used a flogger and, um, you know, that was a lot of fun. So talk about that. Talk about that experience. Um, that was actually, I think, cause like I've used other, forms of like uh, like other tools like I've used writing crops before I ever used a flogger or like my hand um but I was actually playing with a guy who was a submissive um and he brought like a bag of you know all the things that he had and he pulled out the flogger and he was like have you ever used one and I'm like no and he was like okay this is how you use it so like you can either kind of like crack it like a whip or you can use like the sensation of it and just like run the the strings like along someone's like back or whatever. Um, and then like for, you know, he kind of showed me like the movement that you want to like aim for when you're hitting someone with it. Um, so then he got on all fours on the bed and then I just started flogging him and it was a lot of fun. Um, so I think the thing about impact play, you want to warm up the body. So like you want to warm someone up with your hand beforehand. Um, so kind of get the area a little bit primed and ready to go, get the skin ready for it. Because if you just start hitting someone with like a whip or a flog or even your hand right away without any sort of a warm up, like it really hurts and it stings. Some people like the pain. I like the pain, but like, it is nice to have like a little bit of a warm up. Um, so use like, your safe words. Yeah. Figure out like, if you want to have a system, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, this is too much. If it's too much, I'm going to say yellow. Or, and I need you to slow down. Or if I need you to stop, I'm going to say red. And then you'll stop when I say red. Um, Things like that. So, like, you want to have a plan to be able to communicate, you know, how you're liking the experience. And if you're the one doing the the hitting, then you want to make sure that along the way you're checking in with the person that you're hitting and see, you know, how they like it and how they're doing with it. Um, So, yeah, that's impact play. I usually prefer just a good old over-the-knee thinking session for my impact play. Um, I've been wanting to use a flogger. I'm looking for a very specific one that I saw at a sex party that I really want to use. Um, but usually I just, like, I stick to hands and belts. Uh, belts yeah. are really... Belts are fun. Belts yeah. are stingy. Belts are stingy. They're very... It's like when you're using <laughs> a cane, you have to be very careful. You have to know how to utilize them. Um, thankfully my partner, when, when he uses the belt on me, he knows, he knows how I like it. So, um, you know, it it generally goes well. It's not like too painful, but impact play is super fun. It's also like one of the, I would say it's probably one of the kinks that kind of gets you into the kink world, you know? Right. Like Um, the gateway. Yeah. It's, it's like a good gateway. Um, cause there's very, there's a lot of levels to it. Um, you know, and 
what tools you're using, the intensity. Um, so it's a, it's a good warm up. Um, I personally, like when I go to sex parties, I love watching other people get flogged. Um, that's something that I greatly enjoy or, you know, using like a paddle. That's always fun. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, um, you know, I've had lots of conversations, um, about like slapping and all of those, those things, right. It seems pretty common. Um, there's a couple of people that have told me, oh, I like to be punched. Like that sort of thing was more hardcore. And then like more recently, I just saw on another podcast that, that there's like some really hardcore impact play like these girls. And I didn't think it was real at first. They were talking about how they like bottles broken over their fucking heads and shit. And I'm like, that seems like, um, and they, and they were real bottles upon, upon further inspection, they were real bottles. And I was like, what the fuck? That seems like a lot. Right. So I think when people hear that, they might think, oh my God, that's crazy. But you guys just clearly defined it as, you know, start slow, start small, right? I mean, everything is a spectrum, you know, so it really just depends on where you lie on that spectrum. So whether, you know, if you're starting off with a hand, that's like on the far left side of the spectrum, and then you've got like bottles and, you know, whatever else on the right side of the spectrum, like figure out where you lie in that. Yeah. Because I mean, like, especially when you, when you talk about kink, you know, for some dom sub dynamics, like a cane is punishment, um, right? But a hand or a flogger is fun, you know? So it's all about, you know, defining that, especially like if you're going to, if you're going to go in to, you know, sex with a partner that you want them to hit you, first of all, make sure that your partner, like have that talk, have that communication. Like, this is what I like. Um, you maybe do some demonstrations of like how you like it done, um, you know, and set out those boundaries, all that good stuff. And then also just I mean, definitely make sure it's someone that you truly, truly trust, um, you know, because you right. are giving them that, you know, that key. So make sure they're going to take care of the car. Right. Yeah. Don't scratch it up too much. <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, okay. And then, uh, and then speaking of scratching it up, knife play, right? Nikki, you have experience with that, correct? <laughs> yeah. Um I so can laugh. we talk about that, please? Yeah, because that's that's a little. So now we've gone up another level. I feel like, right? Yeah, no, knife play is definitely not for everyone, um, and it's definitely not something that I recommend people to like just jump into right away. Um, years ago, well, a couple of years ago, I was reading a book, and in the book, one of the characters liked to play not with knives like during sex, so he would like you know, he would pull out knives while him and the girl were having sex and do like a variety of things. And I remember as I was reading that, I was like, this is really hot. I was like, I really like this. I was like super turned on by it. So whenever I met my two doms um, last year, I told them about it and they were like, well, let's give it a try. And obviously they're two people that I trust very, very much. Um, I would not, honestly, like I can only think of like three people that I would that I would partake in knife play with because it's like I said, it takes a lot of trust. Um, basically what it is, you take like a knife or something sharp, a dagger, whatever you run it along the body, along the areas that, um, that feel good. Um, obviously you have to stay very still for it because you don't want to get cut. It's not about cutting. 
Um, it can be, you know, maybe for some people, they like to take it that far. They like to maybe like push the boundaries of the skin a little bit and that's fine. For me, I don't like it, but for others, like knife play could involve cutting. Uh, but for personally, for me, I just like the sensation of it. Um, most recently, I remember the last time we did knife play with my doms, they tied me up in rope. And then um, he was using the very, very, very tip of the knife to play with my clit. And then um, oh, that makes me oh. it actually felt fucking amazing. Oh. <laughs> It felt so good. And then after that, he... The precision you have to have with that. I would be so scared. I'd be yeah. terrified. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, I trust them to do it. And so, and they do a good job with it. So uh, that's definitely one of the more extreme kinks um, and something that you want to heavily discuss beforehand and be with someone that you trust and someone that will know how to handle that correctly. Um, I'm sure there are resources out there for people if they're interested in the sensation of it. Hopefully have, they're not as spaz either yeah. or clumsy. I have these or drunk, right? Like, After the bar. Yeah, I know this, this is something I do sober. Why well, I'm yeah. always I've always been sober when I've done it. But I also have these claws that are made by a knife maker that I get. Um, and so you can put those claws on and then run them along the body. Those every time I take them over to dude's house, everyone loves them. So those I highly recommend. But yeah, that's knife play. Yeah. Um and also then that sort of also in the, in the play, um, hemisphere, there's all different kinds, right? You guys have talked about like animal, would it be animal play with like the fucking the butt plugs with like the tails and all of that? What is that um, called? Pet play. Uh, so pet, pet play, play, it's another form. It's like role play. Um, so maybe you're like a little bunny or a kitten or a puppy. Like you have the ears and the tail or maybe mittens. There's a variety of ways. Collar and leash is another way to, you know, for right. pet play. Um, though, I mean, collar and leash can be used in other aspects of BDSM unrelated to pet play, but pet play can involve collar and leash. Um, with that one, you know, you have your owner or your master, and then you're there, um, you know, little pet. Um, and then obviously you two discuss what that looks like, what that role play situation is going to look like. Um, so right. I remember one time I met a submissive. We were actually was at that orgy, the Christmas Eve orgy. So she liked to be a kitten. And so when her and I were like playing, she would like purr and just kind of act like a little kitten. And, you know, we had a lot of fun with it. So, um, yeah, it's really about, you know, personifying the pet situation and then trusting your owner or your master to take care of you as their pet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like the tails, like they're like actual butt plugs, right? But they have a tail coming off of it. And you can choose like what animal or what fairy tale yeah, Whatever, and it doesn't right. always have to be a butt plug tail. Sometimes a tail is just a tail. Yeah. Right. Sometimes a tail is just a tail. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah. um, there's there's the fun toys that you can incorporate into it. Like Nikki said, like if you're using a collar or maybe you're using like a fox tail butt plug, um, something like that. Pet play is something that, you know, maybe you're role playing, but, you know, and also in BDSM, like, some people do take it like 24 seven or on more serious levels. It all just depends on like what dynamic you like to um, explore, explore yeah. with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So <clears throat> would you guys say, and you can answer separately, would you guys say then not just in the pet play, but just in general, right? Are you more dominant submissive or is it dominant with certain partners submissive with others? Or like, what is your just in general overall? Cause I know it's got to mm -hmm. probably, my answer is probably simpler. Um, 
I'm most, I'm, I'm a sub. Um, that's yeah. what I've explored. I don't know that I want to explore, um, dominance, but I greatly enjoy being like a little submissive, um, which is more like playing in with like my inner child. Like I like having a daddy dom, um, right. you know, to take on that caregiver role. So that's something that I love to explore, um, in sex and in my like dynamic as a sub when I find a partner that who is a daddy dom as well. Um, so yeah, that's my answer. I would say I'm more of a switch. So I like to be a submissive and a dominant. There are certain partners that I am a submissive to and then other partners that I'm dominant with. It really just depends on the energy. Um, obviously, like I said, I have two doms, so I'm their submissive. I'm their third. They're a female or they're a couple, male and female. Um, and, and I'm definitely submissive with them through and through. And then, you know, like I said, I have other partners that I'm dominant with. Um, right. And so, and that can be both male or female. So I like to explore both sides of it. But yeah, in, in any dynamic, it's not just, um, you know, pet play, which actually, and I don't think either of us really have much experience with pet play. Um, right. But like in any dynamic, whether it's dominance and submission or, um, you know, other forms of kinks. Uh, like top bottom. Yeah, all that. Like you can, you can identify as like one or the other or like a switch being both dominant and sub. Yeah. Um, okay. And so having, how many partners do you have? Like active partners do you have Nikki currently at the moment? Um, you check your- <laughs> so, well, we'll see somewhere between like it, it, cause it rotates, it changes. Some of them are very casual and I only see them every once in a while. Like, you know, right. I have some partners that I see very regularly and then I have other partners that I see uh, very sporadically and it's like it's more like a friendship and every once in a while we explore fun things uh but probably around seven to eight okay seven to eight so most people are exhausted from one relationship just being just being <laughs> real right like most people are just like i can't do it i need a break or whatever right so well, everyone's I, exhausted because no one knows how to communicate Thank you. Yes. So, so there's that, but I also, I'm wondering if, cause most people be like, well, it's gotta be really exhausting. That's like the way that most people I feel would think. And, 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 and like from the outset, right in the beginning, I'd be like, oh, that's fucking crazy. That's a lot of people. Right. But then thinking more in depth into it, I feel like you would be less of a taxing mental thing sometimes because you are like, compartmentalizing is that right or am i totally off yeah no i mean like i said it's different for everyone um majority of these are very casual relationships so they don't take a lot of like um i would say uh emotional energy to maintain uh so quite a few of them like are like i said they're friendships but they involve sex um and so like you know i make time for them occasionally they make time for me occasionally it's a very fluid thing like there's not a lot of structure so it's very easy to keep up with um and then i do have some of my relationships um, they're a little bit more structured. We make more time for each other um, and stuff like that. I don't have any relationships right now that are like super, super serious in the sense that like, you know, we're trying to like build to, you know, getting a house and moving in together and all those things. Like most yeah. of my relationships right now are, are for the most part, pretty casual, um, intimate and emotional, but, um, but mostly, you know, kind of like low pressure. So that's what makes it easy. It's like, I'm, I'm, you know, I, 
it's not as if I'm focusing in the, on these relationships in a way like all of them are going to end up, you know, at these really high places. So, and it's a variety of men and women. So like women I find are pretty easy to have relationships with because they communicate so much. And so like, you know, where they stand. Um, my male partners, I feel like pretty good communication with them. Um, but like I said, just, you know, mostly sporadic. Um, so yeah. Man, just yeah, to really I mean, the relationship. Sure. Yeah, and, and um, if you, even if you are casual, you still have emotional intimacy with some of them. Oh no, I absolutely have emotional. Like I would say, uh, more than half. Like there's there's emotional intimacy there. Um, yeah, definitely. But um, but yeah, for but people have to understand. Like it, it really just depends on the nature of the relationship and like how you negotiate, like what you want out of it. Those things. If I had more like serious relationships, I'd probably have far less partners. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It makes complete sense. That's why I wanted to sort of dissect it a little bit so people could get an idea. It's because usually, like, people just go with their gut assumption on stuff like this. I feel like mm -hmm. I'm guilty of that too. And so I kind of want to shatter that a little bit and be like, see, if you think about it, actually, um, yeah, I mean, you're going to fit right in in Congress with eight partners. I mean, <laughs> um, Okay, so uh, so twin sisters, double team podcast. Um, how many times has a, a man or a woman tried to like take you both to bed at the same time? Tried to have sex with both of you? Like, how many times has that fucking happened? Like, some drunken lady in a. Is well, it more dudes or women or? It's always been dudes. I don't. I've, we've never been hit on by a girl. Surprisingly enough, the one person that we've both kissed is a girl. Um. But otherwise, yeah, a lot of dudes ask us if we're um, if we would do things together. That we don't have uh, never will. Um, but I mean, the thing there is like if Cammy's had sex with a dude, automatically I don't want to have sex right. with them, and I yeah. don't. It's like a brother now. Like that's how I look at them. <laughs> You're a brother now. Sorry. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We always joke, like, if a guy matches with the both of us on a dating app, then we'll be like, okay, pick one, and then that's it. Like, the other is completely off the table from here on out. Yeah. We'll give them the choice, unless one of us is, like, dibs. Then, you know, dibs. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, totally makes sense. Um, okay, so what – we're going to we're gonna close with this. Um, sure. Just two little things. One um, – which one of you is is the wilder? Who's hor hornier, and why is it Nikki? <laughs> it is Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. <laughs> um, um, no. <laughs> yeah, I would no, say. I, I mean, I think we're both pretty fun, and I think we're we're both um, explored. I just I put myself in more situations, and I'm willing to explore more. Where I think yeah. he's a more like, you know. Uh, but I do think there's the possibility that one day when she, as she continues to grow in herself, um, she will find more of the things that she likes. Yeah, no, totally. I, I, like, I like the way I explore sometimes. She just um, takes it slower. I, I, yeah, I would say I take it slower with my exploration. I kind of, um, you know, like if I'm focusing on, you know, just like hooking up and stuff, like, yeah, I have a lot of fun, you know, all. I'll have my own little roster and it's super, it's super chill, really like it. Um, and then when I, you know, when I'm looking for a partnership, when I have a partner, which right now I like sort of have a partner-ish, ish. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a partner. It's like a weird, it's, 
They're friends. Yeah, it's a weird situation. Anyways, so, you know, <laughs> but like mostly like right now, like let's say right now, mostly focusing on myself. I've got some other things that I'm, you know, putting my focus towards. Um, but I, I like building friendships. I like, um, I like exploring my kink. Sometimes I, you know, if I don't have the time to like Nikki lives for her Google calendar and so do I. Um, I wasn't going to say I'm, it again, but <laughs> yeah, I, I love Google calendar. Yeah, for sure. No, but I mean, I, I mainly like during the times that I've had, you know, maybe more casual partnerships, I've stuck to like maybe three or four. That's usually been my limit. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, so that makes me want to ask Nikki most people are out here like struggling on fucking Bumble and like Tinder and all, you know, they can't even find like a partner. Right. And you've got fucking eight motherfuckers in your shit. Right. So whether someone's looking for a partner or they're looking for eight partners, give them some advice on how to be more like, um, on it, like how to actually like get a fucking partner or a dozen or whatever. Well, I think the key is, is like removing the expectation of structure is because I think a lot of the reasons why, like I have like my consistent people that like I, you know, hang out with and have sex with and talk with occasionally and like all those things, like my casual relationships with them is because there's not like this pressure that this has to lead to like, we're going to date and one day we're going to get married and we're going to have kids and, you know, move in together and like all these things. So there's not so much pressure on these relationships. Um, So instead we can just, like I said, we enjoy the time together when we, when we spend it together, we talk every now and then and check in with each other. You know, it's like, um, some of them, obviously they are more serious. So like, you know, I, we put more like emotional stuff into it, but still like the, when you remove the expectation of the relationship escalator, it makes it feel a lot more like relaxed and open and something that's much more manageable than having to like commit to a full relationship, I would say. Um, so if you go into, if you go into the relationship and you're okay with a casual, you know, get to know each other, become friends, have some fun sex here and there, maybe go out for sushi when we want to, like, if you're okay with that, um, and, and, you know, the other person is too, like, it's just going to feel a lot more like liberating rather than like going into it and like, Hey, I, I'm looking for like marriage kids in a house. And then they're yeah. like, well, shit, I don't know if I want that, you know, or like, I don't know if I want that with you. Cause sometimes it's not, you know, that they don't you want, you want the same thing, but it doesn't work out with each other. So, um, so yeah, I think that's, like I said, my, these are all casual relationships. Some of them yeah. are extremely casual where it's like very sporadic, but you know, like a, a fun thing nonetheless. Um, Well, I think it's important to start any new thing as a friend. Yeah. Like, I think it's better if people like, let's say when you go, go into the dating scene and go into it, just being like, you know what? I want to make a new connection and see where it goes. It's like, you know, like some of the, I remember, um, this one influencer, it's me Tinks. She was like, you know, some people worry so much about like, oh, do they like me? But also like turn around, look at yourself and then ask yourself, but do I like them? Yeah. So it's, you know, right. I think 
a lot of the times when people go into dating, it's like, you know, you, you meet someone, you like them. Um, and then all of a sudden you like have this like, you know, fantasy of like, oh, what could this be? Let's make it this. I want this. I want this. But it's like, just take a breather, you know, get to know them a little bit more. See how, yeah. see how you vibe and, you know, take it slow. Don't rush into it. And I think like uh, another like very important distinction to make is like, like I said, none of these partners are people that I'm like building a life with. Um, They're all, they're all really great relationships, but it's not as if like, you know, when I'm making travel plans to go somewhere, I'm like, okay, this is the person's coming with me. We're going to go together. We're going to make this decision together, those things. So, um, so yeah, I mean, there are nights where I'm like, Oh, I want to go do this. And like, you know, they're all doing their own things and like, they're busy. And then, so I just go do it on my own or maybe I go on a date or whatever. Like it's, it's not as if like, these are all relationships where, you know, I'm making constant decisions with these people. Um, so well, I, yeah, I think that, yeah. right now you're like practicing solo poly. Yeah. I'm just, so I'm just kind of like doing my own thing. And then when I make time for those people and we do things together, like, it's great. We have yeah. fun all that but then like aside from that like that's it so well i just feel like on the dating apps everybody has like these prerequisite things that they want they need and you know you'll be talking to someone and they're like so what do you want you're like uh you know i'm not really and they're like see ya like (laughs) like, bye you know and they like go on to that so i feel like for men and women it's difficult i'm a huge fan of just fucking friend zoning everyone right off the rip I think it's like the best thing you can do because if they escape out of there, then hey, there, there you go. Like you, you made it out of the fucking phantom zone. Like, yeah, sure. Let's roll with it. But I do think that um, that's a great point is to like have a connection first, then worry about that other shit later. And also too, like talking to someone, going on a date with someone, it's not a fucking audition, right? Like their stuff is more important, you know, like, like you said, like, do you like them? I think that's fucking huge. Um, okay. So in closing, what is something you want, you know, all these, um, normal people to take away about, um, about non-monogamy, right? Like if you could just automatically give one piece of knowledge to everyone, what would it be? I would say that it's not something to fear and it's not something that's um, so weird or so off. And that just because like taking the time to understand it um, and support it doesn't mean that you have to practice it. Um, That's another thing too. So I don't know. I I feel like sometimes people look at non-monogamy and they're like, well, if I agree with that, then that means that like, I'm going to be in a non-monogamous relationship. And like, that's weird. Society doesn't agree with that. (laughs) Um, Everyone should be monogamous. Like I say, like, instead leave yourself open to like, understand like that that's an option if you choose to accept it and to practice it. Um, But like at the end of the day, like that's all it is. And it is a valid option, just like monogamy. So. Cammy, any, any thoughts? I would say the world would benefit um, so much more if we were all more open-minded and sexually liberated. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important, you know, especially if you're, if you've never heard of non-monogamy or, you know, if you're just now hearing about it, um, just keep an open mind. You know, like Nikki said, you know, just, it just, if, if you're educating yourself on it, doesn't mean that you're practicing it. 
So leave an open mind, right? I mean, if you're like, I don't know, let's say you really like plants all of a sudden and now you're, you know, you're just getting to know some plants. Doesn't make you a full-blown botanist. Yeah. Like, no, you're just interested <laughs> in something. You're just wanting to know more information. Um, get a different perspective. It's okay, to, yeah. it's okay to understand a different perspective of, like, yeah. the options that are out there. And yeah. I would say, I mean, like, if you have friends or, you know, family who are maybe practicing non-monogamy, like, definitely don't shame them for that either. Just keep an open mind and, you know. If support you have them? Any, yeah, support them. If you have any questions, uh, ask. You can always... Sure. You know, the pa- there's power in agreeing to disagree. Um, I think people forget that. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Sure. I feel like as I've, you know, the more I learn about non-monogamy, the more I, you know, immerse myself in the world as, you know, an ally and, you know, maybe as a possible participator at one point. You know, the more I see it's just, it's all about building that own definition in your mind about what you want from your relationships and what you want, what you value and what you, you know, hope to achieve. So. Awesome. Awesome. Nikki and Cammy, the double teamed podcast. So where can people find the show? What's coming up on the show? Ooh, yes. So I just created our website, double teamed podcast.com. Um, yeah, go send me an email for the awesome job that I did. Um, <laughs> but um, within the website, you can find um, all relevant links. Uh, there's even a form if you have any questions. We're on Spotify, um, Apple, anywhere you can find podcasts. We're on Instagram and TikTok at Double Teamed Podcast. Twitter and um, Reddit. Reddit at Double Teamed Pod. Um, and then also we are launching a Patreon. So and double- we have our YouTube page. Oh yeah, our YouTube page, Double Team Podcast, which is uh come well, I mean, like I have a couple of videos up on there now, but it's like my latest project, so it doesn't have all of them. Right. Um, but it does have a few of our episodes as well. And all this stuff will be linked in the show notes, um, wherever well, you're you. listening or watching this. Um and that's really awesome that you're doing the Reddit thing and you know, people can like reach out via email with questions like, you know, I, uh, I applaud what you guys are doing. I love it. Thank you so much for being on sex party. I look forward to seeing you guys again in the thank future. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having us. This is fun. Sure. See you soon. Bye. Huge thanks once again to Nikki and Cammy from the Double Team Podcast for being a part of my first two-parter here on Sex Party. Hope you guys enjoyed parts one, parts two. Um, hope you guys uh, learned some things. Hope you guys got excited about some things. Um, if you're if you're pumped, if you are excited and you're listening on Apple and Spotify, uh, it would mean a lot. It would help the show if you could subscribe, if you could leave a review, if you could, I don't know, send it around the internet to people you think would be interested. Hey, that would be great. You don't have to do anything. Um, But if you're enjoying yourself, you know, I would appreciate that uh, quite a bit. If you are watching on YouTube, yo, hello, how are you? Um, you can like the video, you could comment on the video, you can subscribe on YouTube. You guys, we pulled it off. It's our first two part episode. It was fun. It was wild. Tons of surprises. Uh, I know everybody says that, but I mean it tons of surprises coming up. I will see you right back here 
next week. Thanks for listening. The party continues next week. Click subscribe and let's make this a regular thing. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Sex Party FM. Follow Dustin at Dustin Ribka.